You know, cage fighting is kind of a weird thing, kind of a weird platform upon which to project the complexities of the human condition onto. I'm talking, of course, about last weekend's bout, Habib, the Eagle, Nurmagomedov, and uh, Justin Gaethje. Uh, much anticipated bout didn't didn't disappoint uh, at least in terms of the fireworks and the entertain and the entertainment of the fight I would have liked to have seen a longer contest um, just for, just to see more of a dialogue between the two fighters a further exploration of all the tools that they had brought to the table um, but I think the outcome was going to be the same nonetheless the real takeaway for the fight the real moment the real entertainment um, was those moments after the fight where Khabib mourned his father in the octagon, probably for the first time that he was able to breathe a sigh of relief after the training camp um, for, you know, the highest stake fight of his life. Um, this is just an incredible moment, and it's so weird that it happened in a cage fight. I mean, you're fighting another guy in your underwear with a codpiece in a cage for money. Had to fly to Abu Dhabi because no other jurisdiction would let you right now. And in this kind of tangled, weird mishmash of, of things going on, uh, I think one of the most beautiful moments in, in sport history, at least for this year, uh, went down. Um, it got almost like, I, I'm going to be honest, I, I, I teared up when I saw that the first time. Um, you know, probably because I'm, I'm probably starting to, to mourn the mortality of my own parents, even though they're not gone yet. But, you know, you can't hold on to them forever. And so I think in that moment, everybody saw a little bit of themselves, whether they've lost their parents or beginning the process of grieving the mortality of their parents. Um, it's just it's just extremely relatable, extremely humbling. And, um, oh man, I, I just, I, I really do <laughs> almost tear up just, just thinking about it now. Um, you know, Habib is, is an interesting figure to me in the case that he draws such a stark contrast to the tone and the tenor of the UFC as a product. Uh, let me put this another way. The UFC is more like Conor McGregor than it is like Habib Nurmagomedov. Uh, you know, it caters to that brash and kind of bravado, a 25 to 34 year old, you know, demographic, which I'm firmly in. Um, it indulges in trash talk, cruelty, your cruelty to your opponent, materialism. Um, I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, the UFC as a product, I mean, they didn't get rid of that, like that really hardcore intro music until just a couple of years ago. It's the UFC as a product is, you know, flirts too much with this whole just bleed and talk trash type of thing for your opponent to your opponent. And the humility that Habib brings in his style and in his personal integrity and and the way in which he carries himself, not only in the octagon, I mean, he, he decided not to do the armbar on Gaethje because he didn't want to hurt him in front of his parents, so he did the triangle. Um, you know, didn't do a lot of ground and pound again, didn't want to hurt Gaethje in front of his parents. Um, the way that he carries, so the way that Habib carries himself inside the octagon, the way that he carries himself outside. I mean, this is a guy with, he's never, he's not had one scandal. You know, contrast that to Conor McGregor, who um, makes more money, is better paid, better celebrated, has had better opportunities, and, you know, will be lined up for a title shot right afterwards, right? So, I guess this is what I mean, is that the UFC as a business model is more embracing of Conor than it is of Habib. You know, Habib really had to take the long road to get there, um, as opposed to Conor was given favorable matchups the whole way through. Um, why am I dwelling on this Conor and Habib uh, contrast? It's because it really, it really spells out to me the, the tone and the direction of the UFC as a product. 
And part of why I kind of fell, you know, uh, out of love with it, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm 33 years old, I'm becoming, I guess, a, an adult, I am an adult, but more of a man, and closer to my middle age, and that sort of brash, bro, it's just less and less appealing to me over time, you know, so I, Habib was always just like this breath of fresh air, um, and I gotta tell you, he really, you know, stands out from the other champions, too, um, he never really indulged that champion lifestyle, you know, um, George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva, John Jones, Mighty Mouse Johnson, these guys that we talk about in the GOAT discussion, um, all great guys, all, all people of, uh, all superior martial artists to me, um, but you know, John Jones, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want him dating my sister, I guess I wouldn't want Habib dating my sister either, but for different reasons, um, you know, the views on women and stuff, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like Habib really carried himself in this like monastic kind of secluded lifestyle, didn't really indulge in the clubs. And even George St. Pierre was as honorable of a guy as he was. It was an open secret. He liked the ladies. You know, you could see him. At, you could find him in the clubs in Toronto and in New York City if you if you really looked. Um, Habib never did any of that. He never did any of that. I mean, he is like a warrior in the mountains, strictly strictly devoted to his faith. Um, just I, I don't know of another champion like him. In, in, in prize fighting, you know, a lot of times, you know, people get into fighting, um, for that dopamine rush, right, it's a lot of times, big reason older, older fighters who are out of the game have a little bit of a problem with cocaine, because they, they get, they get addicted to that dopamine rush, and they start looking for it after the fight, after their time fighting is over, um, Habib never did any of that shit, he never did any of that stuff, um, simply found his way to fighting through his father, through wrestling, fought for money, of course he's a prize fighter, but really had the sense of, you know, he was fighting for, for nationalistic pride, for the integrity of his homeland, for his faith, and for his own family name, you know, um, how much money would he be able to make easily be, I mean, you know, who doesn't think right now that Khabib versus Connor would sell like crazy, who also doesn't think, if you're a serious fight fan, that's not an easy fight for Khabib again. It's a, it's a it's a very easy fight for him, probably. You mean to tell me he's just gonna walk away from fifty million, you know, fifty million bucks, just because he doesn't want to give that guy another chance? Yeah, that's the type of guy that Habib is, you know. So I I really you know I, I mourn the loss of Habib as a fighter because I mourn the loss of his his personality and the way that he carried himself and and, and what that meant for for the for the UFC as a product, you know. I've had the I've had the privilege of knowing a number of fighters in, in my time as um, through alpha male, just being a gym rat forever, and um, there's only a few guys that I can tell you, for whatever reason they got it in their head that they weren't going to be prize fighters. So they were going to be prize fighters. Of course, they're going to fight for money, but really, this fighting thing is about finding something deep within themselves, fighting for honor, fighting to prove for themselves that they're the best, and. You know, if you ask a lot of fighters you know, around the gym, you know, just go to the gym, oh, you know, what trash talk lines are you going to throw? What, you know, what comedy, what abuse are you going to spout? A lot of people don't like that stuff. You know, a lot of people really don't like that stuff. You know, a lot of people um, fight for this kind of notion of honor. And uh, over time, and as success finds you, maybe that gets eroded, you know, uh, as you find more and more of the spotlight. But it never did in Habib. And his integrity of character and his integrity within himself uh, to kind of stay true to his ideals. Just amazing, man. Just amazing. 
Uh, okay, quick te- quick technical analysis of the bout. This is really this is really what I meant to do. What I shared before were some unstructured thoughts about Habib, but I really felt compelled to share them because I I felt kind of emotional about um, about what happened uh, on Saturday night. Okay, um, Gaethje versus Habib, guys. Gaethje wasn't in it for a second. Okay, I'll say it again. He wasn't in it for a second. He had he had one exchange, two exchanges at the top of the fight. Okay. He landed an inside leg kick uh, to, to kind of range finding at the top of the fight. And he was looking for a looping punch. At the, he was look, looking for a looping punch as well. Um, found those two. Found those two little exchanges early on. And then once that happened, Habib had said, "You know, enough of this. I've had enough of this range finding, kind of feeling each other out type of um, type of dialogue to the fight." It's Habib time, and he started pressuring. He started pressuring and walking him down. Why was Habib able to walk him down? Because he had respect for the wrestling, and he had Gaethje had respect for the wrestling. He had respect for the hands. Uh, as much of a as much of a wrestler as Habib is, he's also a boxer. Okay, so he had great head movement, great parrying, great slips, great traditional boxing tools, in which he was able to kind of weave through the defenses of Gaethje and work his way into that boxing and wrestling range. Okay. What does that mean? Gaethje's on his back foot. He can't meaningfully plant for the leg kick. He can't meaningfully plant uh, for any of his attacks, right? So, I mean, just just try it yourself, right? Try punching someone as hard as you can going backwards. It's incredibly difficult to do, okay? So, what does that mean? That means that Khabib is able to just completely unload on all of his shots while Gaethje is kind of muffled. He's kind of muffled. Every one of his shots is, is on the back foot. Okay. Now, once you got somebody moving backwards, what does that also mean? It means that they can't really plant for the uppercut or the knee that they might need to meet you with um, if you're going to hit them with if you're going to hit them with a shot. So, Habib did something smart. He tried to go for the go for the takedown, go for the grappling up top first. Okay, he looked for like a uh, a Greco-Roman clinch and then kind of like a step through, kind of like a bear hug type of deal um, to to get get you to the ground. When that failed, then he started looking for the shots, but it's good to at least try to take someone down with the, with the Greco-Roman. Why is that? When you send your head down, down towards the knees of somebody, you're, um, you're, flirting, with, you're flirting with disaster there, okay? An uppercut, uh, a knee, anything like that. I mean, that, you get stuck under somebody, you start eating punches. It's really, um, it's really a risk. Okay, to take a shot on somebody, um, even if you're as dominant as Habib. Okay, it's really it's not it's not as easy as it looks. Okay, you're stuck under a fully grown professional fighter who has all of his tools underneath, you know, above your head, and is looking to looking to end the fight. So, Habib, absolutely brilliant. Looked for looked for the Greco-Roman clinch before he looked for the shot. Fa- failed to establish the Greco-Roman clinch, and so what he did, he went to the shot, but he didn't go to the shot until after he had Gaethje walking backwards, until after he had Gaethje kind of fighting on his bicycle. So, you know, that means that means that Gaethje wasn't really able to load up for the big punishing shots that would have otherwise been able to to really punish Habib for, for shooting. Um, guys, what happens when you fight somebody that is better than you at what you do, okay? You have to fight them at your B game, right? By which I mean, Habib and Gaethje are essentially both wrestler boxers, okay? Gaethje's more of a kickboxer. Habib is more of a boxer, okay? But they're both wrestler boxers of some sort or, or another. Habib's boxing is wrestling is better. Habib's wrestling is better, okay? Uh, once that dialogue is resolved as to who gets to move forward and who has to move backwards, 
that's kind of the fight. That's the primary dialogue. That's the primary method of engagement for both fighters. That means the person who is unable to establish the respect and the fighter who is unable to establish the dialogue of, of you know what, I get, to, I get to unload on my attacks, now has to fight his opponent in his B game. What's Gaethje's B game? What, jiu-jitsu off his back? Non-existent, irrelevant, okay? We saw it totally irrelevant to the fight last night. So, uh, you know, really that's just what happened is Habib is better than Gaethje at what Gaethje is supposed to be good at. And so that, that leaves Gaethje with not a lot of places to really to really go to win the fight. So, that, you know, that's part of why Gaethje didn't look so hot, if you will, last night. Didn't, didn't, the contest didn't stretch out for longer. We didn't get to see more of Gaethje's tools. Not putting him down, just to say that stylistically, it's a very, very difficult matchup when you're fighting someone who's better than you at what you're good at. It's like, where do, where do you go? Where do you, what do you, he's supposed to become a jujitsu fighter overnight? What's he supposed to do? So, um, really, really admirable effort by Gaethje. Just didn't have the stylistic tools to change the dialogue of the fight. But hey, you know, he's, he's in good company with that McGregor, Poirier, everybody, you know, no one's been able to stop him. Uh, so what did you think of the fight? Drop a comment below. Uh, let me know who you'd like to see Gaethje fight next. Thanks for listening.